Hello friends, I'm Dr. Thunder and this is the Vintage Annals Archive Podcast. Our guest this week is Sarah Schur, my friend and fellow karaoke DJ here in Philly. Sarah and her company Sing Your Life are practically synonymous with karaoke around here and her nights are always packed and a lot of fun. By the time I started hosting weekly karaoke back in 2010, Sarah was already well-established and rightfully popular among singers who want something more than just sloppy drunk screamathons of the same five songs every week. That same year, she was named Best Karaoke in Philly by Philadelphia Magazine. It's always therapeutic trading war stories with Sarah, one of a small club who know what it's like to be the center of the whiskey-soaked storm that is bar karaoke. Even if you're not a singer, I hope you'll enjoy eavesdropping on 2KJ's dishing about the pros and cons of handing microphones to everyone from rugrats to retirees. Quick disclaimer here that my conversation with Sarah took place back in July 2022, so the karaoke events mentioned may not be current. Check singyourlifekaraoke.com for her current schedule. Before we start, please be sure to subscribe to the Vintage Annals Archive podcast anywhere you play them so you don't miss our exciting upcoming guests. Reach out to us for any reason at vintageannalsarchive at gmail, on Instagram at vintageannalsarchive, or get more info and lots of great photos at vintageannalsarchive.com. Okay, here I am with the great Sarah Schur. Hey. Hey there. Can you, uh, How are you? See me okay? <laughs> yeah, yeah, see you great. Are you, are you actually on a beach or is that a, that a fake background? You know, I'm not, but I hear the sound of waves because we are right on the edge of Lake Champlain in Vermont. Oh, um, yeah. <laughs> it must be so awesome getting to travel. <laughs> yeah, it's it's been great. You know, it's challenging and exhausting too, but uh, yeah, it's been a lot of fun. We've seen a lot of places and I, I've always wanted to do something like this. So the pandemic just kind of made it possible or more, I don't know, attractive. Yeah, I mean, the pandemic, like, obviously, it was terrible, but it did open up some opportunities for other things, you know. Yeah, yeah. How how have, because uh, I know you did virtual karaoke, we, we both did for uh, uh, quite a while. I think I started, like, the same month as the pandemic started, like, March 2020. Yeah, it took me a while to get into it. I was kind of resistant to it at first, and then I did it uh, to varying degrees of success. It was still uh, technically, as you know, really, really glitchy. Um, yep. The last party I did was for Philly Cam. They were still not doing in-person stuff. They're finally going to do an in-person thing later this month. Yeah. So I I, I don't know if I've heard of them. Philly Cam. Philly, Philly Cam with a C. Yeah. It's it's the cable access uh, in Philly. Oh, cool. It became a thing like a few years ago, and then they have like a, a radio station that you could really only get when you're in Center City, but you can listen to it online. So it's really cool. So all kinds of people from the community have access to producing original content, which is you know so important. You know, with classes, you can have a radio show. I have friends that have radio shows on there. You can listen to them online. So, so it's pretty nice that that that, that exists. Oh, that's great. Yeah, I'm, uh, a little later tonight, I'm going to be talking to my friend Alex Wiles, who's part of uh, Bonfire Media, which yes. is doing something, I think, very similar. Yeah. 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 Alex Wiles still comes to see me. Oh, nice. Yeah. Yeah. He, he occasionally shows up on like a random Zoom I do. Um, yeah, we, we've seen each other the few times I've been in Philly uh, in the past year. Uh, he's He's a lot of fun. So how many gigs are you doing in real life now? Uh, there's four. And I four um, I started back this time last year after lockdown was lifted for the bars and restaurants. I was able to go back. It, it started with three because my there were some that I did not go back and return back to. And then my Friday bar turned into my Saturday bar. And we were we kind of spent the summer trying to figure out, you know, when, when and what day I was going to go back there. And then the other thing right. is during the pandemic, I had a 
I had an actual full-time, well, almost full-time office job where I was working with my friend's real estate company. So it's completely opposite world where I was getting up early in the morning for me and going into an office and showing apartments, doing all wow. that stuff. So I yeah, still it's, it's got to be crazy. It was, it was pretty, I mean, it was, it was good to have some kind of uh, schedule and get out of the house and have income coming in. That yeah. was important because I was just relying on like my, our families basically. Cause my husband had been laid off too. Um, right. He just went back to work like a few months ago. So we were lucky enough to have oh, that's support, good. support of our families. Yes. Yeah, so I was great. doing that. I can and then only I, imagine saying, I can only imagine that uh, the, you know, it's already tough scheduling uh, nights with bars and making sure that you can, you know, make it every week. I can only imagine that coming back from the pandemic and having to uh, organize those nights and schedule the weekly nights with all these bars while other nights are just coming back. So you're kind of competing with other people on the same night for singers in a way. I can, I can imagine that being just like a minefield. <laughs> well, actually, um, I mean, you're, you're not here. And then a lot of your folks you know, you don't have Stanley anymore. You don't have Loki doing yeah. stuff. And Pebbles is kind of really just doing what um, uh, Tavern on Kamak, which used to be Tavern a big conversation for me on Tuesdays. Yeah. My Tuesdays are freaking insane. Like basically, wow. I mean, before lockdown happened, my busiest night of the week was always Sundays. And my Tuesday at 12 mm-hmm. Steps Down, back in the day was my busiest night. And then Bob and Barbara surpassed it for a variety of reasons. But now mm. there's kind of a new influx of folks that I guess they're definitely on the younger side. Um, yeah. who are excited about karaoke and want to be there. So I'm saying, so there's there's definitely some holes in the karaoke scene here left by you and your other hosts who aren't hosting as much or at all. Then Joe H died right. and that was, that was a big thing. And then um, yeah. Moriarty stopped doing karaoke and that was a long time spot oh, okay. for a lot of folks. And then that guy is just out of the business. He just, he had a full-time job and he's like, you know what? I don't, I don't need to do it anymore anyway. So I inherited some of his people. I've inherited, I mean, um, Philly Karaoke is doing Joe H's spot. I don't know if you ever experienced Joe H. He was, he was at the Locust Bar for years before Lars took it over. So as far as I know, it's just me. I did. I actually, uh, I actually met Pebbles at a DJ Joe H karaoke event at Bob and Barbara's, believe it or not. Like maybe the one night he ever hosted there. And he was just checking to see if they'd get enough people uh, to pay him enough. And they didn't, so he was like gone the next week. But oh, I got no, to experience no, you know it, it there, and it was interesting. It wasn't Bob and Barbers; it was Tritone across the street. I'm pretty sure. Oh yep. Yeah. I was just thinking. I confused those two bars in my head to uh, where yeah. they've become the same bar in my memory. Well, they were. They, uh, they, they are they're right they're across from each other. Owned by the same people, but uh, now, well, till it turned into the Cambridge, and then it's a radically different place than Bob and Barbers, and now it is yeah. calling itself like Sunny's Cocktail Lounge or going for like a cocktail night, almost, almost similar to the, to what the Trestle's doing, but not with go-go dancers or mm. anything, or, or DJ nights. It's just that that aesthetic. And what wow. and, and Trestle Inn doesn't huh. have food. So it's kind of like Trestle Inn uh, with food, but no go-go dancers and no DJ nights. <laughs> I, did, I did go there when a friend of mine was home, and it was it was perfectly fine for what we were looking for. And yeah, that, that's that's really interesting. I'd love to go see that. I have so many positive memories of Bob and Barbara's, though, and I, I'm glad I've got to experience uh, uh, your nights a few times there because they were a lot of fun. It, it's always always packed. You have, you have to be, you know, g- give up any idea of having like a lot of room around you, a lot of like uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. space in, in my experience. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, tonight's going to be but super always a good time because anytime it's um, as you know, if you've ever hosted a karaoke night 
when it's like the Sunday before a federal holiday, the next day, it's going to be super like, and it's just going to be a lot of random people that are like, not going to under, I mean, the people that come there a lot of times don't understand how busy I am, but they're really not going to understand mm-hmm. tonight. So I always they only show up on a holiday and I understand people work and stuff, but then they wonder like why it's busy, why they have to wait so long. And then they do, I have to tell people like pick your duets. I don't even, I don't even like, I discourage group songs because I mean, I understand why it's fun for the people involved, but what happens is it just ends up being a stupid clusterfuck because the person that puts in the group song isn't usually the person that wants to sing or they end up not singing. And then the other folks don't really want to be on it, but they do it because they think they're supposed to. And then it just screws up the rotation. And then, um, you know, it just eats up turns for everybody else. And then nobody, nobody agrees that that this group song or even a duet has counted as a turn. And I have to sit here, me and Empress have to sit here and have these stupid conversations with people. And then the other thing that happens, the yeah. more mics I hand it out to people, the more that it's going to end up on the floor or they're going to end up doing something stupid with it. So kind yep. of, I just like, I was like, all right, you guys get two mics and that's it. You can't have nice things anymore. <laughs> yeah. Or, or just a random person passing by going to the bathroom gets handed a mic because they're like, come yeah. on in, sing this. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. And, and I'm like, yeah, no, the, the, no, yeah. that's not, there's, there's an order. There's a rotation. Like <laughs> I'm trying to have a civilization here. Like nobody, nobody gives a shit, especially at Bob and Barbers. They're just like, ah! so it's, yeah, it's a mess. <laughs> this is my equipment that I paid for that I'm trying to keep working and I yeah. don't want it just doing some random play getting dropped. And yeah. they, you know, I, I don't think anyone realizes the politics of keeping the lineup fair as fair as you can yeah. and the certain rules that have to exist that they might not exactly. think is fair, but exist for a reason, you know? Yeah. No, because people, and, they think I'm just being, you know, I'm being a control freak and uh, I'm not. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would have said Nazi during a different time, but I'm not joking about Nazis because they're actually right. real. the Proud Boys yep. are in, on the streets of Philadelphia right now. And I'm a little oh, yeah. concerned about that. But yeah, you know, I mean, I was I tell people like, um, you know, just because democracy is uh, hanging by a thread in America, I'm going to make democracy work at karaoke, as, even if it's a messy business. I'm committed <laughs> to it, you know, so that means people who yeah. know me for X amount of years wait the same amount of time as a person that just ran a person yep. just walked in that I've never seen. And I have to do it that way. Or else it's like yep. a slippery slope. I mean, the only time I throw someone in is like they were supposed to come up, but I missed them. They they didn't hear their name, mm-hmm. like stuff like that. Or they went to sing and something happened and they couldn't complete the song. You know, stuff like that. Reasons of that. Then I then I put them back in. You know. Yeah, or a lot of people like put in a duet or come up to sing with their friend who's shy, and then they wonder why didn't my song come up right after that? Like, like why do you think you know it's all these things happen. like. Yeah, right. Yeah, again, yeah. If there's like five people in the bar, which sometimes happens, then yeah, fine, you know, have to have fun. But yeah, it's typically yeah, not, it's not a big deal. Yeah, people in the bar, at least not for very long. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure you, you have a similar experience from doing it so many years of, you know, you want to create this fun atmosphere and like everybody wants to sing and you want to give that to them. But at the same time, you need to play it fair so you're balancing like the people who come in every week versus the people who just walked in and you want to start them coming every week exactly you're you're balancing all these different forces off each other and trying to make it as fair as possible so that even if they yell and scream and about like you're playing favorites you know that you're not at least no and that you know and i have empress there with me because it gets so chaotic especially bomb barbers that you know um after the pandemic i started to have an assistant stay with me at every night just so that that person, you know, because so much is going on, I can have another set of eyes and ears and whatever, just mm-hmm. paying, paying attention if I forget something or whatever, or just they notice things that I don't notice because you're, you're you got your face in the computer, you're busy with the, the damn rotation. 
and whatever else you have to do. Yeah. So that so that is helpful. Yeah. We. Because, uh, I just I just can't have like fifty people in my face being like, "When's my song? When's my song?" And if Empress can right. sort of like deal with those requests and answer all the one-on-one questions yep. and maybe a couple people have to come talk to me for something that that empress can't figure out which is fine yeah and then we we shared an assistant for years and and jenny marie yes I, I think she she probably started with me right at the beginning just like coming along with me to gigs just because yeah. she wanted to come sing and then after a while i'm like well you're here can you like put out the baskets of cards and you know it just built up over time yeah uh that she became like my assistant but your 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 situation is genius because you actually put her between you and people randomly walking up asking the questions that they still ask me like up until yeah, my yeah, last gig at l bar they'd that. just be walking right on stage asking me yeah. oh yeah 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 and they, they'll, they'll still walk right up to me anyway they don't understand you know because a lot of places there's just one person and i understand that or they don't they just don't notice or whatever but yeah after yeah. the pandemic i was like yeah i need you know because i i don't want to have a million people in my face and and then I realized, mm-hmm. you know, you know, after all this time of having an assistant with me every night and not the Sundays, I was like, God damn, how did I do this by myself? This is why I was always yelling at people and going crazy because I'm literally, I have a microphone, I'm talking and they come up and they start like, like they, they wait yep. till you start yep. talking and then they start talking to you. It's like, or I had people come up and like hug me and yeah, I like getting hugs. They hug me and so right. I can't move my arms and I'm, I can't touch, my, you know, like people just don't. Yeah. Think. Yeah. And I'm glad that yep. they feel great affection <laughs> towards me and they, they you know, they yeah. connect with me on that human level. That's important. But like, I'm trying to do a job here. Like, uh, yeah, a yeah. lot of times I just, yeah. I just feel like a, a mom and there's a reason why I never had kids. So and, and when they, when they turn me into mom, I really despise that. I'm like, can you come on? No, you know? totally. See, see, that's the thing. Like, I feel like, oh, I'm trying to be, you know, Captain Good Times, like fun, like create yeah. a fun atmosphere. And you're turning me into like the angry dad who has to be sorry. No, don't do that. You know, and you feel like, oh, shit. Well, you know, I have to do these things in a way, but kind of ruins the vibe. <laughs> and then a lot of times that's that stuff is like gendered too. like you can, you know, nobody's going to be like, oh, I mean, people will be mad at you, but it's different. It, yeah. It, reveals itself differently. Like with you, they'll be like, oh, that guy's a dick. He didn't put me up or whatever, but they won't be yeah. like, oh, he doesn't smile and he's mean and he's yelling at me. Like there's times I'm not yelling. Yeah. I'm just talking the way I talk to you. And I get it that if you come from, you know, some other part of the country that where people aren't like loud and mm-hmm. don't talk intensely and quickly the way I do, right. they might take that as yelling. But then other folks, you know, it, it is, it can be very gendered and that's, that's difficult. Yeah. Yep extra level of crap that you have to go for like you you've mentioned having rbf resting bitch face and like that kind of affecting your people thinking you're in a shitty mood or mad at them when you're not i mean they'll they'll jenny marie is sure yeah Yeah. i mean it's also like what the hell do you look like when you're doing your job do you look like mary tyler moore when you're doing your job although they might not recognize (laughs) that reference but still are you sitting at your desk like yeah no (laughs) (laughs) exactly Jenny, Jenny Marie has had to uh, remind me a bunch of times that you're in a customer service job. You need to smile and present happy attitude so that people reflect that off of you. And and often like, you know, it, it, the first time someone like wanders up on stage while I'm using the microphone and making announcements and like yells a question into my ear that's an you know answered on a sign that was in front of the stage like i'm like oh yeah whatever and then the 50th time it happens oh it's annoying as shit and your signs are like your signs are so good they're in this crazy huge font because like i i keep making sign after sign and they don't read anything i literally have something that's like right there at eye level they don't read a a damn thing sometimes it's suggested (laughs) oh make another sign i'm like no i'm not making another fucking sign they don't read anything yeah 
Right. But don't yep. put your drinks here. They put their drink on top of the sign. You know, for example. Yeah, of course. So no, no, I, I, I think you know it's it's drinking. A lot of things go right out the window. Reading is definitely one of them. When, when oh yeah, drinking. no, I mean yeah, I, you're yeah. dealing with drunk people, so it is a lot like kindergarten with alcohol. But then there's other yep. folks that you know definitely weren't weren't all there before the alcohol anyway. And then some people just yeah, you know, like there's people who are who are still <laughs> nice, but they're just not all there. And then there's people who are just really you know selfish and belligerent and whatever and you know. So there's, right. there's two kinds yeah. of things going on. I, for several summers, I've been doing a weekly uh, kids karaoke. I've done a handful of gigs here and there at libraries and oh, stuff. Oh, yeah. But oh, specifically, I was doing it every week. better behave than the adults. Exactly. And, and I was going to say, they wait in line. They're very patient and quiet yeah. and wait to ask you a question. And yeah. yeah. <laughs> I mean, it also helps that you have adults there to tell the kids, hey, don't do this or True. that. But when they're, that, when they're in yeah. that, they're in a certain age where they're still following directions and it makes sense to them. Mm -hmm. But then, you know. 20 years later, they're not. But yeah, the few times yeah. I've done, I've had to deal with kids there. Yeah, there's times that I've done like adult birthday parties and the kids there and the kids are way more, they have their act together and they're like, you know, <laughs> yeah. Way more understanding. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Although although toddlers obviously have, have no limits. So they'll just wander up and just grab whatever equipment's laying around you and touch your computer. And I totally understand that. You no, know, sometimes a, a, a toddler I get. You know, I'm talking about me. from age, yeah. uh, ages like, I don't know, kindergarten on up. Once they've been in a classroom where they, they're learning rules, a, to a toddler is a chaos yeah. monster. That's that's basically, you yeah. know, and that's temporary. I mean, I, I've had, you know, I've been in places where there's little kids wandering around and I'm just like, ah, speakers, speakers. And usually the most of the time there's a parent there that's like grabs a kid away. I said, I know, hey, I know this this is fascinating. Maybe they're going to be a DJ someday, but I don't want the speaker for right. your child's head or whatever. <laughs> but they want to climb or whatever, you know, toddlers, they, there's no rules. Yeah, whenever someone does some like, you know, shit that I'm like, this should be obvious, like it's a bad idea. I think back to the days when I was like drinking and going to karaoke all over the place. And I, you know, I remember like, turning the lyric screen away so that I could wander into the crowd and like maybe at least like playing it, dropping a mic into my other hand or something like that. Things that I would like cringe at and yell at somebody for now that, you know, I can think, oh, I just didn't know any better. I didn't understand fully what was happening. Oh, the mic is a big thing. I had, I had this. a person, because most people who do the playing, like they actually do drop it. I had somebody do that last week at South Dallas. Yeah. She goes, mic check. And then the mic is on the floor and I'm like, what? You're not funny. <laughs> she was wasted, clearly, and that's you know. Yeah. Well, this reminds me of a uh, a customer that we shared. We're we're going into a lot of the negative aspects of karaoke. <laughs> hosting okay. karaoke. We'll go into the positive ones later. Yeah. But I'm I'm remembering that uh, we we about a year apart had the same gig at uh, I think it's North Bar. Is that it? No, it's um, bowling alley in uh, Fishtown. Oh God, yes, I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Mm -hmm. That was that we had okay. we did the same and party. And then they mm -hmm. they called me. Yeah, that was that was a freaking nightmare. Um, they didn't Hol holiday do, they party. as bad to me as they were bad to you. But I also had a very big burly assistant with me who basically kind oh, of stood by me and was like, yeah, yeah. I, I had Jenny Marie with me, so she got to experience and she she uh, was maybe more horrified than I was. I was trying to like keep the peace, but we were yeah. basically held hostage for an extra hour and yeah, like, they, you know, they, quit almost like broken or like thrown to break. Yeah. Yeah, because they scheduled it stay. They were scheduled to like 12 and then they didn't start singing to maybe an hour before. And then that, that one guy got on the uh, Mike was talking for like a hundred years. And then like, what happened was I thought it was gonna be done by 12. So my assistant at the time had a teenage daughter who liked to come to the gigs, but she was like falling asleep. Oh. I'm like, we gotta get out of here. Mm -hmm. And then I, I, I sent when the party was actually supposed to end for real, 
when they said, mm-hmm. okay, another hour will give you more money. But I didn't trust these guys were going to do anything they said they were going to do, even though they obviously had the money. Yep. And then I sent Carlos <laughs> to go get the money from them while I was breaking down. Yeah. Um, now, Jenny Marie is kind <laughs> of like, if you can't get a big giant man, you get, get Jenny Marie and she'll, she'll definitely, she'll boss people around and she was, you know, great assistant. You know, <laughs> that's true. She she wasn't running after them for me. I was I was running over to the boss and trying to figure that out. She was just like horrified by the whole scene and like oh, we have to horrifying. go. We have to yeah. go. You can't keep staying here. Yeah, the the guy was like standing with my mic, corded mic on on the uh, bar, <laughs> and like you know yelling at everybody. And like the the night started off. You'll you'll love this. I, I get there. I start setting up. The first words to me out of the customer's mouth is, "What's your policy on mic drops?" Uh, and I'm none. like, um, <laughs> don't do it at all. Never. Uh, it's my equipment that I paid money for and you're going to need to be heard. And he's like, oh, <laughs> yeah. this isn't going to go well. What? And then later when yeah, I was, that actually and then later when I was, me. yeah. Then later when I was protesting, like, please, like, you know, treat my equipment carefully. Don't put your drinks there, blah, blah, blah. He was like, you know, you, you should be grateful. We usually just like trash the DJ's equipment. And I'm like, oh my God, what have I gotten myself into? Well, that's <laughs> like, probably yeah, why I, I think every DJ in Philly the, should be all the warned. They could, because when they called me back the year yeah. after, I just said, no, <laughs> it's not worth yeah. it. And it sounds like I, I, I had a slightly they, better experience than you, but they were just, they were really obnoxious. And again, if I didn't have a big giant guy there with me, they, they probably would have done yep. those things. They also had me set up in the most stupid ridiculous way like they had to set up yeah. this awkward spot like because i came in and i set up like yep. you walk in and there's a whole lounge area by the i guess there's a jukebox i'm like oh i'll set up here and then they can bowl and come see me and and they made me set up in this goofy like like an entrance way there was like no room it was so awkward yep the probably the same great. spot yeah we're, we're like in, into a tiny corner below exactly. the bar, practically. Yeah. It was so weird. Yeah. yeah. Um, you know, it's the like they wanted the, to trap us there. <laughs> yeah, no, exactly. The boss and the staff were like really nice, but I'm just like, how how are you friends with this person? I mean, everybody, I guess, has one person they know from high school that's a piece of shit and maybe, but right. I like, let them walk on the bar. Like that's a big, every bar I've been to, you even stand up on a, on a chair at a bar and they're like, get down because they don't want you to fall and crack your skull and sue the damn yeah. bar. So I was just You're like, right. They must have know. known them or just were paying so much that they didn't care. <laughs> it could have been. Yeah, maybe maybe they're. Uh, but but yeah, what what amount of money? What what finally ended that gig? And, you know, I'm glad I started using wireless mics later, but they just like dropped like a pint or two of beer just smashed into pieces right on all my mic cords. Oh. And so I was like drying off these mic cords as I was, you know, I would say, okay, we're done. Karaoke's done. Sorry, guys. Uh, you know, like trying not to get shards of glass on my hand as I'm like drying off my mic cords at the end. Oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> oh fuck. I would have. Yeah, I'm, I'm glad. I'm, it, it sounded like they've done much worse to other DJs. So I'm glad, you know, I feel like I got off easy practically, even though they, you know, no, that's held us hostage yelling like five more songs, five more songs, like into our ears, you know? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> I had hit up that bowling alley, you know, for like gigs, mm-hmm. just a regular week when I was trying to get weekly gigs going and nothing ever happened. So, so when they gave me that private, gig, I was excited to take it. I thought, oh, maybe this will lead to something because I've always had a tough time trying to make things happen in that neighborhood. You know, every, every gig I've had in that area yeah. has always like kind of been a bust. I mean, I'm 700 is, is growing. Right. That's probably been the most, quote, most successful one that I've had right now, but because it's on a Monday, that's really what's keeping it from being you know, much busier, but it's fine. You know, there's one night of the week that I'm not driving, being driven. Yeah, 
Yeah, 700 Club is a great spot. I've only done one karaoke uh, gig there, a private party, but I, yeah. I used to go dancing there a lot uh, for yeah. DJ nights. Are you DJing or karaoke? Just just uh, karaoke, yeah, on Monday nights. Oh, but cool. I was I did a I did a party there right before lockdown. Um, the current owners had just taken over after um, uh, what's his name, Kurt, died, and this guy Sean was also somebody who worked at the Kyber with them back in the day. So they all know each other. So it's the same ages and same idea. So Sean basically, you know, improved what needed to be improved. Like the air conditioner actually works upstairs now, which is nice. Um, oh, wow. You know, yeah. Just improved anything that needed to be fixed or improved. But the vibe is still very much the same. So they have, you know, the dance parties on the weekends and there's some weeknight dance parties. Yeah. And there's like a comedy night and various other things that go on. Um, yeah. So so I chose Mondays because I I mean, it's, it's difficult because uh, sometimes Monday, I mean, your L bar was super amazing. Um, but a lot to, you know, Mondays, if you get the right amount of regulars and industry people and the problem with the 700, that's been a challenge is their regular customers that are there on a Monday, they're there for happy hour and they're like my age and they're ready to go home and go to bed. They get drunk at five mm-hmm. o'clock or seven, whatever. And then they're, right. home. they're not up late. Um, right. And then I'm trying yeah. to, you know, the folks that come to the dance parties, I'm trying to get them to realize like, Hey, this is here. And they've done a good job of advertising it. And then because the other bars and restaurants in that neighborhood are not open, on Monday nights, I'm not getting all the industry mm-hmm. people coming off work or just there's just no foot traffic, really. So it's been a challenge, yeah. but I'm slowly building up a crowd of people that know like, hey, this is a cool place to go. It's kind of chill. It's yeah. whatever. Yeah, it's a, it's, a, it's a great space for it. And it's kind of such a tight, thin space, uh, like some bars I've hosted at that even a small crowd, it feels like you've reached that critical mass where yeah. it's like a crowded, fun party vibe. So it's yeah. interesting. There's like a lot of psychology involved in trying to get those things going because you need to make it seem like a party. You know, you yeah. need to get that critical mass. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I sort of had to stop. I, after after lockdown, I did not return to two venues, mainly because of like the size with regard to the mm-hmm. pandemic, where I always felt a little claustrophobic and not safe because even if people behaved perfectly all the time i felt really like something's going to happen something's going to happen it's too small people yeah. constantly bang into my table and whatever they're not paying attention they're not getting out of the way for people to move through yeah um, so kind of after lockdown and, and it was also because i was i was working a lot more for that real estate company i was just like you know what let's just mm. at the time i'm like let me keep it at three and then see what happens with south house so i didn't return to two of yeah. those venues um so one one of them I gave to Pat Ferrari and he's doing really well with it and he's probably doing better oh, cool. than I did. You know, again, there's like a gap in hosts here. And, you know, a lot of people are like, I go to you and I go to Pat Ferrari, you know, and that's it, you know, yeah. but there's still, there's still a lot, a lot that's venue venues and hosts that are, that are missing. Yeah. Well, it's, it's really great when you can get to the point where you're getting enough offers or no enough bars that you, yeah. want, you want to go back to do. You know, the beginning, and I'm sure maybe this is back in the day, like just had to take like any party that yeah. could possibly come my way to try to make a yes. living. Yes. And yeah, I think back on some gigs that I made like almost no money from, and it was oh, yeah. just terrible. Exactly. And fighting exactly. to get anybody to sing or come, or yeah, and yeah, yeah. fighting with the man. Yeah, well, I mean, yeah. it's funny because, you know, when I tried to do the L bar, it was years before you tried to do it, and it was a very, I don't know mm. if you were in here, it was a very different place, like in. Was it the summer of 2007? I tried to get it going and it was really oh, okay. scary. It was a very scary place in 2007. Oh, wow. And then coming back in like years later, I'm like, oh, this bar is a completely different planet. You know, so sometimes you're like, <laughs> you make the mistake of being an, a, a too early of an adopter 
of a space. There was just oh, not okay. many, you know, I, I mean, the neighborhood wasn't as gentrified. It was definitely, you know, longtime residents. And some, some of them were very nice, yep. but it was just overall, it was like, I'm going to be killed here <laughs> or they're going to take all my equipment. I'm going to go home with no equipment. Like something bad is going to happen. Was it more of an old man bar or like, a oh, yeah, it was, what well, sort of vibe was it given off back then? Uh, a place where people would were ready to get into a fight and or throw up and then go back uh, to drinking. Yeah. Yeah. The, the oh, layout wow. was yeah. a little different too, but yeah. Um, Def- definitely still some elements of that during yeah. my, you know, like gigs there. I was there from, I want to say 2013 to 2020. Um, and yeah, definitely some of the wildest stories I've had of karaoke, not all of them like terrible or dangerous or anything, but some of the wildest stories and scenes I've experienced were, were at El Bar. I definitely love it. It's one of my favorite places that I've ever worked at, but, uh, it's a great scene. I mean, I enjoyed going there on my nights off because you could go sit in that backyard and, you know, it was very chill and I'd run into a lot of my regulars and get to actually talk to them Mm -hmm. outside because I can't really talk to people at work. You know how it is, even though people try, they're like, how are you doing? What's going on? I'm like, can you not? (laughs) <laughs> Talk to me while I'm at work. I can't. I hear. Right. Every third, I hear every third word as it is. You might do want to hear what you're saying. No. Oh, I was just going to say because that's my social life. Yeah. These bars a lot of time. That's all I have the energy or time for. And yeah. so that's when I see my friends. And yet I'm also too busy and distracted to really have a conversation. So yeah. 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 I know. Sounds it's like really hard because there's people that I want to see and I want to talk to, and I just can't really. You know, it's just not conducive right. to a, unless it, unless it's really super quiet, and that again, yeah. it doesn't last very long. Then I could sit and talk to them. Yeah. Well, I was I was really glad when you started coming out to uh, El Bar on Mondays because that was that was so much fun to uh, start seeing you. You were there practically every week for a while, which was great. Yeah. I mean, um, I realized that I just needed to have an outlet outside of karaoke because I all I was doing mm-hmm. was like working and sleeping and not having much of a social life. So I'm like, oh, this is great. I can, yeah. you know, and I and also coincide with Jenny Marie working with me. I can come hang out with Jenny Marie and then I could see some of, hang out with some of the regulars that we share and just watch someone else at work and take, yeah. you know, take note of the things that you were doing that I wasn't doing. I'm like, should I try that? <laughs> yeah. You know, it's always just to watch someone. It's not even a, like, it's a big city. It's not really about competition. There's so many different types of rooms and different types of karaoke. So I just yep. like to see what other people are yeah. doing. And I'm like, oh, okay. I hadn't thought yeah. of that before, you know. <laughs> well, that's interesting. What what are the what are the some of the, I was going to ask you what are some of the ways that you think you're different from other KJs? But what were some of the things that you saw me doing that you weren't doing? Or well, I, you know, your your marketing was really tight, and you had the book online, and which took me like forever right. and ever because I just had a much bigger monster to get online in the first place, and it was a collection that I inherited from my father, and then he didn't mm. you know, he stopped updating, he stopped bringing books because they would just get destroyed and they'd fall apart and they come out of the rings. Yep. Um, yep. You know, and then I needed to find a way to get all that stuff online and it's online now. It's not perfect, but it's, you know, it works for me for right now. I had to just pay, during the pandemic. I had a, a, a friend who was a graphics, you know, social media type person. And I paid her a chunk of money to mm-hmm. help me get the website up, help me get the book online so people can do mm-hmm. that. And now, of course, they want the books back. I'm like, you complained the entire time. You didn't even read the book. <laughs> Now, right. now there's something for you. You're you're on your phone all the time. Now I get it that in some bars the Wi-Fi is not great and it takes yep. too long because I have Google Docs and it takes a minute for the pages to mm. load or yada yada. So I, in a lot of a lot of cases, you know, if they're if you're asking for a huge obvious thing, just just pick the song. Yeah. Or I even tell yeah, that's what I usually tell people. Don't bother writing, looking in the book. Just write it down if you know what you want. Yeah, exactly. I, I tell people that anyway. But then sometimes, you know, there's people that are, you know, I'm like, you should be looking in the book because you keep asking me for things. Like I get, I get people that message me, like I was explaining this, say they're like, add this, add that. 
And then I only don't sing them. I'm like, I've had that already. Like Joe O made those songs right. like, ages ago, you know? <laughs> so that might be a change after the pandemic because of that uh, close contact with the books and having to do all that process, putting it yeah. online and potentially even like getting requests, which I know is already an existing system, could be a, a great way to, you know, make karaoke a little less dangerous. Uh, yeah. Then you know it was evidently in the beginning of the pandemic. And I mean, my my father, who also uses virtual DJ, there's a way to set up the ask the DJ thing where people can request from you electronically. And I'm against mm. doing that because I feel like people will just be idiots about it. I feel like when they actually have to yes. write out a slip, I mean, even though it's it create it does create more work. I agree, and I have to pay somebody, yep. but it's worth it to have a human being there to explain to somebody how you sign up, why you might not get called when you think you should be called. Don't you know? Don't sign mm -hmm. up for like 47 permutations of group songs and duets where like one person just wants to sing right. their entire group while the, the other folks, you know, have their own songs yeah. that they want to sing. Like with the same two people that always want to sing together all night long. That's great. That's easy, you know, but when yeah. it's just this random, yeah. it's not, a, I have to tell people, it's not a quizzo team, you know, it's not a quizzo <laughs> team, you know, it's not a table at a restaurant, right. you know. They, they sign up for the team name and then their nickname and then their real name. And you're like, oh, man, you, you just came up like, sorry, you have to go back to where you were sitting. Sorry. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like if you, if you want, you know, I, I'm, I'm, I'm not the government. I don't care what your government name is, but whatever name you pick for karaoke, just yeah, use the exactly. same pseudonym every time. I don't care yeah. what it is. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, someone with a pseudonym of Dr. Thunder, like I can't really complain. But yeah, yeah you, you just yeah, pick, no. pick one and go with it. Yeah. There's a whole bunch of people who, you know, have don't use their legal names for a whole variety of reasons that aren't that aren't just whimsical. Yeah. And I'm fine with that. And or yeah. sometimes, you know, there's you get 47 Johns in the room and then, you know, the, the 48th John is going to be like, hey, just call me um, hot dog or whatever, you know, some kind of something ridiculous. Yeah. Just So they're not mixed up with everybody else. I just made that up. But, you know. Yeah, de definitely not. There's like Johns or three Julias, and I've had to be okay. We need the last initials now. Sorry, guys. You need to come up and tell me which John or Julia you are. You know, and then when you tell them, give me, give me your last initial. They they look at you like they don't know what initials are. It's really weird. I don't know if this is young, a young person thing or people are shocked that their name is that common. Like I can't believe there's another Julia. I mean, come on, your name is not that. It's not that unique. You know, like yeah. Yeah. I get that, you know, I'm named Sarah. It's a biblical name. Lots of people have it. Lots of people have H's or don't have H's. Like, I'm not, yep. you know, like, how are you that precious that you don't know that your name is? No, I get that. <laughs> There's sometimes people have very unique names. And then we end up with another person with that very unique name. And so my assistant will be like, hey, you never know. There might be another person with your very unique name, you know. Yeah, one of the things that I did over uh, was uh, learning to program just names here for my Zoom people. And as books online, I, I went uh, the extra mile of writing a program to uh, make my book searchable. So all their like results come up all nice. I'm thinking oh, of expanding great. it to like, you know, find like YouTube links and stuff too. But uh, oh, uh, there, there's other services out there that are probably way more advanced. But I'm thinking like, well, eventually I could probably like offer this and make it for other KJs. So we'll, we'll, no, we'll that's, see if that's there's great. actually Yeah, because I'm like I said, the, the system that I have now, it's not ideal, but it's it works right now it's just too slow i think is the problem but i like to be able to update the list in real time and have somebody potentially see that i just added something five minutes ago if they're looking at the page or whatever you know so right. that's rather than doing the whole like change it to pdf and then and I, like somebody was explaining that i'm like no i'm not doing all that like it's just it's too much work for me I'm yeah not the most um yeah. I, in terms of being tech savvy i'm about a c plus you know i'm just like for my age i'm like eh. <laughs> I, I i get a lot of things and if i if i'm shown 
things and I do it yeah. enough times, I'll figure it out, but I'm not, you know, I yeah. need to be people yeah. who do this kind of yeah. stuff for a living all the time or have aptitude really have to show me what to do. But, <laughs> yeah, I'm, um, a, I'm a little tech obsessed, but I'm, I'm also very old school. I think you, you might have seen I use like Winamp for karaoke most of the time, which I didn't is even like, what program like it is 30 years old. You know, it's like crazy old. I don't even uh, know if virtual DJ is still the hip. I mean, I guess a lot of people still use virtual DJ and I use that because that's what my father uses. And um, I still right. like I have it set up because it automatically updates. I have it set up so that it stays on classic mode. So I don't, it's not because it's like Facebook. You've got to every time they change, you got to run around and figure out like where everything is. I'm like, no, it's going to stay in classic mode. So I yeah. can find everything. Yeah, it's true. It's whatever you're used to. What is you know yeah. you got to have yeah. There's whatever. There's a million different programs. Yeah. There's such a um a really vibrant DIY karaoke scene. Where, you know some of the yeah. some of the tracks are are sketchy, but a lot of them are really really good. I mean, yep. You know, there's like fifty at least fifty channels, maybe more, that are just as professional and as good as. But then they have their own things that they do. You know. Yeah, they're amazing. Like, like get shout, on there shout and out look to YouTube. Yeah. Yeah, Funbox and Lemmy Caution and all these like great makers, these huge collections. Like I can't believe how many songs they come out with every week, and they're yeah, taking requests yeah. from Patreon people, and you know it's yeah. just an amazing community. Yeah, I mean the only, the only problem with those, and and I find a fair amount of things that I like and I could use, but sometimes it's just like it's like they are gearing it towards what people sing. It's like other music nerd KJs <laughs> getting together and singing on their right. Tonight, and it's like that's I, true. Like I love the idea of deep REM cuts, but no one's gonna sing them. <laughs> I wish that they would. <laughs> and I have a fair amount of deep yeah. stuff, but I kind of like there was this one. Well, there's karaoke and karaoke from space and pants, and like all three of them were going crazy making all these REM tracks. I'm like, that's great. Huh. I can like, relive my college years, but like, right? I can't take Michael Stipe's too low for me anyway. I there's definitely songs I would love to <laughs> sing, but if you sing something that's lower out of your range, lower your voice just like drops out. I don't know if that happens to you as as a guy, but it happens to me. Yep. So. Even like trying to sing Liz Fair, it's too low for me sometimes, you know. Ever wonder how people make money creating podcasts when they're just starting out? Well, I'll let you in on our little secret. We don't. If you'd like to support the show so we can keep sharing these great conversations with the creators we love or want to sponsor the show with an ad, please reach out to us directly at VentureJournalsArchive at gmail.com. Some of the best ways to support the show are totally free. Post about the podcast, rate and review and subscribe to it, as well as our Instagram at VentureJournalsArchive. Put us in touch with people you think we should interview. Thanks so much just for listening. Rich Wexler Photography is proud to sponsor the Vintage Annals Archive podcast. Rich uses photography as a way to connect with all types of diverse communities and to celebrate the rituals within them. He's available for hire for creative portraits and special events. Like his work in curating Vintage Annals Archive, his main influence is the past, so he enjoys shooting on film, Polaroids, and even in 3D. More information can be found at richwexlerphotographer.com or on his Instagram or Facebook of the same name. That's richwexlerphotographer.com. Dr. Thunder Karaoke is a proud sponsor of the Vintage Annals Archive podcast. Hey, that's me. If you want karaoke at your next birthday party, family reunion, staff party, house party, wedding reception, parole hearing, or any type of event, go to thunderkaraoke.com or at thunderkaraoke on Instagram or Facebook to schedule it now. We do both in-person and virtual events, karaoke or DJing or trivia games, and everything from emceeing kids karaoke to stripping into my cape and tights anywhere you need me. 
We've got a roster of amazing DJs just waiting to make your party unforgettable, so schedule yours today. Now, back to the show. What people want to sing, I mean, you know, you, you can get by on having like just the hits and maybe the B-sides, but, you know, mm-hmm. people's, because of streaming, certain people have access to so much more music. And typically what happens is, I mean, maybe a lot of the younger people will come up to me and they'll have a playlist on their streaming service of songs that they like to sing. I think that's smart to actually have a, to think to create a list oh, already yeah. and then look and see if I have the songs rather than be like, yep. what do I sing? What do I sing? And walk around for an hour with your phone, just running around. And then the list fills up, yeah. fills up. But that's what a lot of people do now. <laughs> I mean, instead of like looking in my book, you know, they're discovering mm. music from streaming services. They don't really, they don't know what's available in karaoke. I would expect an average person to know oh, that. Right. And yeah. They have a list already made, like the, the singer mm-hmm. has a list on Spotify or Apple Music or whatever thing. They, they just make a playlist and then they go to they go to a karaoke night and they're like, okay, here's my ten favorite songs. Let's see if the right. host has any of them. And that's how they pick what they would like to sing. The so, the super lo-fi version of that is when I started going to karaoke. Like, is I would just have like a little notepad where I would like be writing in all day like song ideas, and then I would like cross them off and narrow them down to the uh, um, the song I thought would be right for that moment. Uh, yeah, so, yeah, it's very a very lo-fi version idea. of going to Spotify and making a list. Yeah. Or you use you you use the note app in your phone, or like when I was right. when I was going to see you, or went back in the day when I used to see Joe H years before I was ever even thought of being a host. I would just keep the index cards of the songs that I didn't get to, and I keep them in my purse, and then they were oh, there, yeah. and, then I'd be, and then I'd be like, oh, or my wallet or whatever, and then I'd look mm-hmm. at the index cards that I had kept that I never handed in, because what right. I do is, you know, I go and I just write down all the potentials, um, and then I have these cards, or like when you would announce a theme, a lot of times I would I would look in your book and be mm-hmm. like, okay, what things can I sing that are are part of this theme, and then I would I'd right. probably have them in my note app or something like that, but yeah, everybody has like someone who, who goes to karaoke a lot, like will have like some kind of system. And I've seen older people literally just take out, like you could tell it's like old man, like really, <laughs> really old school. Like there, there was a guy that used to come see me when I was doing a bar in Fishtown and he would have a whole list ready to go and be like, do you have this? Do you have that? And it was cool. It was all like much older music that, you know, nobody really sings anymore. So it was interesting, like fifties and sixties yeah. stuff. Oh, I love that. Yeah. I've, I've, I like, did. Like uh... pre, pre-rock and roll even like that era. Music oh, wow. that I just know very little about, you know, like, the obviously, classics. I know, like, Beatles and stuff. The Perry like that. Como, the early Dean Martin. So, yeah, sort of, like, standards and things like that, from, like, stuff yep. that they were still putting out in the 50s, but it wasn't, like, rock and roll. It was, like, pre, pre-Beatles yep. pop standards or whatever. I don't know how else to describe it. I've done, you know, I've done kids karaoke. I've also gone and done uh, my mom's retirement center. And when she was in the hospital, I did most of the singing. And it was really like kind of fun for me to plumb the depths of like, okay, what's the oldest music I know or the music that I know that they would know and to try to assess that out and and get them singing along, you know, it was was fun. Yeah, sometimes that works. And like, yeah, I mean, I would love to do a senior center right now. Oh, by the way, is your mom okay? Oh yeah, she's much better. Thank you. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. you know, because I could go into a senior center and based upon now, now not everybody's parents are the same, but I could get a basic idea of like what oldies in classic rock or old R&B they might be interested in, at least to be references that I would get and be able to mm-hmm. figure it out. You know, if, if they're into like 50s and 60s or if it's like, you know, Sinatra, Elvis, whatever, like I'd have some idea. Right. I would I would love to work with. I, I love when I get older people at my karaoke because it doesn't happen enough. Like my. South House, which is now Saturdays, when I used to do Fridays before the pandemic, I'd have a whole range of ages, and it was really cool. And the same thing would happen mm-hmm. um, when I worked at this bar in Fishtown. I'd have a whole range of ages because the woman who ran the bar was like in her 
60s. So there'd been people that had been coming to see her come and drink there for like 30 years. So you'd have, you'd have right. entire, oh, that's cool. I love when entire families show up when I, when I used to do a place, like, well, there was a bar that I loved. It was one of the favorite bars I ever did at 29th and Gerard. It's now called Otto's, but it was called Sarah's place. And it was Sarah with an age. And that was always the joke. It's like, oh, it's my bar. <laughs> if I were running a bar, do you think I'd have time to host a karaoke night? But whatever. In that place, it would be like all the neighborhood folks and people who were new to the neighborhood. And you'd have grandmas, you know, parents, grandkids, you know, three generations of families and they're singing. And that was so cool. And that was, that was really fun, you know. Yeah, that's also a great thing about um, family reunions. I don't know how many of yeah. them. Yeah, I have sure not done. My dad does a bunch of those. I haven't hit the family reunion circuit. I would very much like to. Of course, it would have to be a family that's fun if they were like <laughs> if they were like the party that we were complaining about. That would not be fun. <laughs> um, right. Yeah, that was a staff party. Which, which no, you know, I know. But what if like way. I don't know? Really like what if there was an entire family of assholes that would suck? But no. It's, <laughs> yeah. Know, most, right. Most yeah. of the time, yeah. families are like you know. I've I've been in family situations, yep. but not specifically a family reunion. Yeah, it's, it's it's interesting getting to know like an entire family at 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 once, like you know, three different generations. Yeah. yeah. It's, it's oh, that's super cool. Yeah. Yeah, just it, you know, because it's such an you know experience, and I'm sure you've experienced this, just walking into someone's living room on like a holiday and setting up and like meeting the whole family and like yeah. all their friends and like yeah. doing that a couple times, you kind of become part of the crew after yeah. a while. Oh, and yeah. it's, it's, you know. Yeah, like I've done, I've had some you know, weddings where they, where they where they want karaoke as the component. So I just I just had a wedding um, a few weeks mm -hmm. ago where it was, you know, the whole family were like, it was, you know, basically like the brides and mom and their, and their various parents and had to figure out, you know, um, but that was, you know, and there were specific songs that they wanted to sing together because it was meaningful to them. And, you know, and so I, I understand. Yeah. Yeah. I like to push the idea at, at karaoke weddings of a uh, first duet as a married couple, you know? Oh, that's a good idea. <laughs> I've had a couple yeah. people do that. Yeah. That's a fun. Yeah. Yeah. I'm pretty sure that the, that the couple, I think probably did have a duet with themselves. And then there were people that wanted to sing with the various brides and, you know, different permutations of family and whatever. So I, I got that that was like important, but I mean, one of my first, yeah. Big wedding karaoke successes was uh, I did uh, a wedding reception at the Mill Creek, which surprised when I first they asked me to do the gig there. I'm like that place. I was I couldn't imagine like setting up a <laughs> wedding reception in there, but the, they they really did a good. It was the downstairs. They did a good time transforming the space oh, wow. into something pleasant. Cool. And Mill Creek was one of the places that I tried out before you, and it was like it was such a nightmare. It was just because it was like really fratty. And yeah. then the long and then the long term residents, there'd always be somebody having a fight in that back room, you know. <laughs> and I always just had the feeling that somebody was going to fight right in front of me, like there was something bad was going to happen. I mean, there were uh, yeah. there, there were a really nice. I mean, you you might have been one of my early customers, but there was a really nice vibe there. There was like I did like the overall neighborhood vibe, but then there was always this you know undercurrent of like something bad is going to happen here. It's going to turn bad quickly. And what happened with that gig is I was doing that. That was my first karaoke gig i think i did it like the oh wow i want to say maybe i started it like the winter of two like it was when when i was working for tower and they were closing so it was like that winter i started there and then i went into the spring and then the summer hit and then he's like oh yeah i'm not going to do karaoke for the summer because all the kids go home and then that's when i went over to the kyber mm. and then in the meantime i don't know somebody some one of the oh, wow one of the students had requested had brought in someone else and probably maybe the person after that person was you. I think it's how the time, I don't know. There may have been a few different hosts between us, but yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, seeing a bunch of hosts there. What, what year were you there? I might've missed it. I want to say 2006 to 2007. 
And then after oh, that, okay. and then what happened was I, I called up the Kyber and I was like, Hey, do you, you know, I know you guys have never had karaoke here before, but you know, yeah. how about if you have me upstairs? Um, and then, you know, when there's not a band, you can have me downstairs when there's not a band. And, um, that was another venue that I tried to make happen and sort of, uh, I think Pat Ferrari was the first person to really make that like happen because I, mm. I'd be sitting for a while and my husband and I would be sitting, singing to each other. And it was super fun. Right. We didn't carry yeah. fiber, but it was like, now, now, you know, yeah. it, would, it would do well there. But of course they, they weren't the fancy restaurant. They were not, they were, it was, they were kind of at the end of doing, they were still doing bands, but they were sort of on their way out because they were getting eclipsed yeah. by Johnny Brenda's and all these other places. Yeah, now they're a bit bit fancier, and yeah, I've, I've been there since. Really good food, really great yeah. special selection of beers. Yeah, different different place. I used to go there. Well, they're the, doing they're doing bands upstairs again. They're doing bands upstairs oh, cool. again. They could conceivably put karaoke upstairs, and I know Pat Ferrari was doing it like before the pandemic, mm. and I don't think he's there now. I don't know if they're doing any karaoke. So. Mm. And hopefully they fix we're, we're actually going to be working there uh, just for one night for like a wedding after party. Uh, oh, Matt's going to be hosting. DJ Loki's going to be hosting a, a oh, nice. wedding after party upstairs at uh, Kyber. So I'm, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm pissed. I'm not in, I, I'm not in town that date so that I could oh. uh, do it. Cause I remember going to such great shows downstairs at Kyber. Oh yeah. Uh, I saw, yeah. Like the mountain goats, like when he was still yeah. like doing a, a solo, we, we mentioned uh, the bowling alley. We mentioned uh, some of our other bars that we've been at a long time. What are some of the more like strangest places? I, I've, I've got a, a short list of weird uh, situations that I've been hosting in. But uh, I would what are say some of off the top of my head, the, the weirdest one that I did. I mean, there, there, there's, there's been a lot of weird ones um, when I, especially really early when I was starting out and I still had another job and I would, I would do karaoke one or two nights a week because I was trying to figure out like, is this going to be my thing? I don't know. I don't remember which was on the same block as Connie's. And now Connie's oh, okay. is now gone. Uh, it was a spot that it started off, it was owned by the, a guy, an older guy. It was a diner and then it got turned into like a place for bands and nightlife and DJs and whatever. And it was super cool. And I was going to do something there. And then I ended up not happening. And then the daughter took it over and kind of everything sort of went downhill. It was yeah. just, it was kind of a weird, it was kind of a weird scene there. There'd be like, 50 people in the bathroom doing everything, but probably going to the bathroom uh, again. Yeah. I mean, it's just like, I wasn't offended, but I'm like, Oh God, I hope this place doesn't get shut down while I'm here. These are the kinds yep. of things that other bars try to avoid. Like at Baba Barbers, <laughs> they're like one person in the bathroom at a time. Yeah. Um, because they're, you can't condone any kind of drug use. Yeah. The opposite. <laughs> yeah. They, 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 well, they weren't condoning or saying no to anything. They just, it was just, uh, <laughs> and at that point, I think that, I mean, that neighborhood's going to change, but I think it was kind of like the Wild West. And it reminded me a lot yeah. of like really shady bars that I hung out in in the 90s where nobody nobody gave a shit, you know. Yeah. Um, but that was I, I mean, I I went from feeling like a mom at karaoke to feeling like a grandma. I'm just like and like a bunch of people were like came up to me. And they're like, we're shooting a porn in the bathroom. Do you want to join in? I'm like, no. <laughs> Even if I was oh like, oh, my God, I'm flattered that they asked my old ass to be involved. But I was like, I don't want to. Yeah, as it is, I don't want to touch anything in that bathroom when I actually have to use the facilities. I'm definitely not <laughs> recording that. And yeah. And then, and there'd always that be just there were never any paper products anywhere. Every, there was always like a puddle of something somewhere. And I'm like, I'm feeling with electric. I mean, they did have a nice stage area. That was great. Oh. That was probably left over from the transformation. But yeah, so it was it was kind of a weird scene. And I was I was really worried that something's going to happen. And then they they had a fire and they closed down and, and the fire happened after hours. And it was, anyway, that's probably the weirdest place I worked at. Then also um, when Taboo 
was Sal's. And that was like, you know, I don't know if you remember, like around 2007 or eight or whenever that was when they would have um, all the crazy dance parties upstairs. Well, Sal's was, a, was a, like a respectable Italian restaurant. Then they turned into like a dance club, basically. But I remember what was mm-hmm. weird about that was like, I mean, also allegedly, I should say allegedly for all of these, like Jesus and Miro, sprinkle the allegedly. I don't know if you watch Jesus and Miro. I do, yeah. They, um, you know, allegedly there was a lot of underage drinking going on. And um, okay, that was, that was, they were kind of legendarily known for that. But uh, the weird part is that, so I would set up like in what was the kitchen. So there was like a gas grill behind me and I'm like hosting. <laughs> I mean, it was useful because all my stuff was like away from the people and I was just plugging into the sound system, but there was like a gas grill right behind me. And then one guy came up to me and just like thought that he didn't, he was old and he wandered in, didn't know what karaoke, he thought karaoke was like a sandwich. He's like, what's on one of those? You know, I'm like, no, 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 I'm not making food back here. You don't want me to make food for you, even if that was possible. The, the yeah, place yeah. with the porn was in South Philly. The place where I was working in front of a gas oh, grill okay. was Sal's, which turned into taboo. And now it's oh, been, wow, okay. that whole block has been torn down. Yeah. So, but, the, and I actually ended up hosting karaoke at taboo, but I was actually in a legit DJ booth. Um, so that was, right. yeah, taboo was yeah. completely, and that's, I can't speak about the new space, but taboo was doing everything, mostly legit that I could see from the, I was there for like four or five years when, from when they opened and then I moved on, yeah. but they, they were legit. So I was not in front of a gas grill in the kitchen at that point was used for cooking food and not for a DJ to set up. I got to say, I'm, I'm comfortable setting up in like any kind of booth or like tiny little table in the corner. I can like kind of make it work. But having an actual DJ booth is just like years ahead of uh, in any other like venue. So I'm sure like having that DJ booth or at Kamak or I'm, I'm sure at 700 Club is just uh, so much nicer an experience. I just, I need to be away from the crowd. Like that's the great thing about Bob and Barbara's is that I'm in the back of the room and I'm away and then they have the dance floor and the TV is on the dance floor. And I got them mm-hmm. to, um, they, to do it like they were doing now, now it's an HDMI cable that runs, you know, across the room. So I don't, cause mm. in, in, there was in the really early days, I was taking a whole bunch of RCA cables and, you know, running them around. I would run them around so that nobody would step on them and somebody would step on one of them right. at some point and plug it. I'm like, how did you do this? Why is your foot against <laughs> the wall under the TV? Right. Why are you even there? It's just weird. <laughs> but anyway, so Bob and Barbers, they, they did that for me. They've been able to upgrade a lot of things since I've been there, which is why I stick around. Like, were there any like really bizarre places where you're like, I can't believe they're having karaoke here? Uh, like a, at a mini golf slash arcade, I did it for a couple nights and uh, um um, the coolest the place that I did it, it was unusual, was um, I did a wedding in Reading Terminal Market, and you probably know him, Brian Cahill and his husband, and they, oh, yeah. um, this is right when same-sex marriage had been, well, for now, when it became legalized, Yeah. Um, I think maybe, no, maybe it was legal first in Delaware, so they got married in Delaware, and they threw the party in Philly, and mm-hmm. I was just thinking, how am I, you know, I was literally setting up to DJ in front of like where people usually, you know, where the little food court area is where people come and sit down. And it was amazing how they transformed the space. And that was like, that was super cool. I love Brian. He, he comes to like the, the weirdest gig that I'm doing out in the middle of nowhere and he'll show up and I'm like, Oh yeah. my God, Brian, it's so great to see you. Yeah. He likes yeah. to, he likes to go to like, it's, it's new, great to have new, like, like new things and one-offs. Yeah. yeah I, I think, I think a lot of venue owners or people promoting different parties think that, all of your crowd that you have at different bars will follow you wherever uh, you go and set up karaoke. And that's not necessarily true if it's like really out of the way or they just have never heard of it. Uh, it, depends, but, it depends on where, yeah, where under, it is. I mean, yeah. You'll get like a pa- 
patchwork of people, but it's not like it's not like I'm gonna have 50 mm-hmm. people follow me, critical mass. I mean, yeah, the first night at the 700 was crazy busy because everybody came to check it out and then yeah. trying to get everybody to come yeah. back. But yep. and I do have overlap, but yeah, I mean, if, if somebody asked me to come do karaoke in the northeast, which I've done like once or twice, it's that's a completely different thing. And I did get a few of my friends, you know, that had a car, they were willing to like yeah. drive because I have friends who like to go to weird old man bars or out of the way places if they know they're going to get to sing a lot, which they did. Right. Yeah. Those are the situations where um, I find I need to like directly message like 20 different friends and try to like schedule carpooling to get them to come to some like random place out of the way. Uh, Sometimes works great. Sometimes doesn't. And then uh, occasionally I'll have someone be like, oh, my friends and I, like 10 of us were downtown and looking for karaoke. And I said, let's see where Dr. Thunder is tonight. And so they like come across town yeah. to, uh, you know, out, no, I thought that happened too, uh, where people like still find me and that's good. I'm like, okay, good. All my social media, like, you know, social media can be frustrating because like yeah. anybody reading anything I post at all, or do they just like the pictures exactly. of the artists, you know? So, but then people, like random people will just find me. I'm like, okay, good. You found out where I was. I had a guy, email me last week, just some random guy like, Hey, I'm, I mean, he must've found my website and email me. I'm like, okay, that's great. They're looking at the website and just say, where are you tonight? What's going on? And I'm like, it's not my night, but, mm-hmm. and then I told him, I think it was a Wednesday night. So I told him to go to McGillan's or, um, mm. or milk boy that on, on yeah. South. Cause, cause Pat Ferrari took over for me at milk boy at fourth and South. And it's now Wednesday, not Thursdays. So, mm. so I don't know. I don't know what he ended up doing, but I've really got to, and I'm I'm sure it exists somewhere, but I've got to keep like an updated list of who's doing karaoke where in Philly, because I still, because I'm listed on Yelp as having a home base of Philly, I get people calling me at like 2 a.m. near City Hall, because that's where it puts your like dot, your arrow at City Hall. So they think like, oh, there's a karaoke bar right inside City Hall in the center of town. And so they call me like, the bars just got out. We want to rent a room. Like, are you still open? Do you have a room available? And I have to be like, no, no, sorry. And then I'm like, Googling like, like, yeah. Yeah. Not like Yakitori boy. Yeah. Yeah. And I, I explained that. Yeah. And, and it, you know, if, if they actually read my Yelp, you know, they'd see that, but yeah. I understand. I'm you know, afraid to looking for put myself and, on Yelp. I don't have ratings set up on my Facebook page because I'm afraid it's just going to be like oh. random assholes, like complaining about right. me, not calling them. I'm always afraid yep. that the people that love me are not going to post anything. And then the people who are mad at me for doing or not doing what they wanted me to do. And it's going to be filled mm. with shitty negative reviews. I mean, as it is, I mean, even, I mean, people review the karaoke on Yelp and other places, um, you know, for the, for the bar pages. And every once in a while I get something dopey, but it, it typically, it doesn't have anything to do right. with maybe it's something that happened while I was there, but I'm, I, I don't know. I kind I have this fear of like Yelp and allowing people to quote review me. I mean, I should have that. I mean, I've been doing this for so long. I, I totally get that. You know, I, I, I imagine a bunch of your regular singers would give you like positive reviews. I certainly would. There, there is like a, a weird thing that they do to prevent people from uh, review bombing, like getting everybody they know to write a positive review. They um, make it so that if you follow a link right to your page or like do anything that they decide is sketchy, they won't count your review. Like I've got positive reviews that aren't shown on my Yelp page or don't count in my uh total my average because they like followed a link i gave them before i knew better or you know did something that seemed to them fishy <laughs> and so, so, so uh, what, you know, I've what got kind these, of link yeah. did you have to give them for it to be considered like 
Legit. It, it was just like a link to my like I didn't realize that's like a red flag to them. Like they can tell you came straight there from a link, then they like don't count the review. Yeah, it's, oh. it's a, a weird game, just like they do with uh, Google Analytics uh, to make sure that it's all on the up and up. But yeah, it, it is a little difficult. But I, I'm sure you'd get so many positive reviews, even if you don't put the call out. Just people who regularly review things on Yelp, I'm sure you'd get a ton of good reviews. But you're right; it it is a little scary to think like, oh man, someone like pissed at me because they didn't get to sing. Like, is gonna immediately go on Yelp and write this terrible review. I've definitely had like some things like that happen where someone expected something that I explained like, hey, I don't really do that, and then they like right. get mad that you know, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, yeah, I get that. Where where can people find you? Let's let's put it that way. Because I will say, go to Sing Your Life. Google Sing Your Life Karaoke. Sarah Share. Um, um, but well, I'm, my, I'm never my, sure my what website the website now. Is. My website that's a year old. SingYourLifeKaraoke.com will have links mm -hmm. to everything. That's that's the easiest answer. Yeah, and it'll it'll take you to all the places that you need to go. Um, my Instagram got hacked, so I had to make a new Instagram, which is really annoying. Oh, no. So it's now Sing Your Life Philly Karaoke is the is the username. I I just put the old name and just dropped Philly into it. So hmm. that it would, when people search me, it'll be even easier for them to find where I am. You got any, uh, got any weddings or anything coming up? Any, uh, any big gigs or like one of, um, one of a kind uh, for the summer? Um, it seems like I don't really have anything until the fall. Cause I started, I started oh, okay. working for this DJ company, which is all women and all queer people. And I was kind of hoping that oh, I would wow. get some more karaoke parties out of it, but it's just been like mm -hmm. straight weddings and a lot of weddings just kind of stress me out, you know? Yeah. It's just a lot of logistics and I just, I get, they make me just really anxious. I like the money, but <laughs> Same. Uh, it's just yeah. really like some, like a couple of the weddings that are coming up, there's just, they're so complicated. And I'm like, why, why are they doing all this? It's stupid. <laughs> I don't want to tell them that their wedding is stupid, but. Right. Yeah. A lot, a lot of coordinating with the wedding planner and like, whose number do I text and where's this person? Yeah. Yeah. I have to, um, there's a wedding coming up in October where it's two different venues and three different setups. And uh, so I kind of, I have to go to one of the venues and just see what's going on. Cause you know, when, when these venues claim they have a sound system, I kind of have to put my hands on it and see how it works and make sure it works. And that right. there's somebody there that can help me work it if I can't figure it out. Cause there was, yeah. Yeah. There was one wedding that I did at one of the historic mansions. And again, it was, it was beautiful, but, and I went to the venue and I took notes and pictures and everything I could to make myself remember how to do everything. And then <laughs> nothing worked correctly the day of it was, it was a nightmare. <laughs> yeah. That's the thing with weddings. Yeah. Like they, they think, Oh, um, we, we've only got you for a few hours, but you spend like months stressing about it and trying to do all this planning. And then like the day of your, your, your whole day is about that wedding, you know, and going oh, there yeah, like really three is. hours I mean, early at least. The wedding that I just did a couple of weeks ago was they were all they were very very organized. Uh, it was these two two people two women and um and their friend, and it was at Philadelphia Brewing Company. Mm -hmm. It was it went it went really well, you know, overall. Mm -hmm. You know, I mean, they, probably the only thing I would have changed differently is they they left karaoke to the last hour. And then everybody uh, just kind of went berserk. And, and I said to them, please send the link to my book before, like, let them look at the song. Uh, right. and like the day of, instead, they were like, I can't get this to load. I'm like, what do you want to sing? I don't know. I need to look at the list. And then older people who don't, <laughs> who don't, who don't understand and, you know, like quarter right. of, you know, it's, it's like, oh, I have 15 minutes left. And then mom, one of the moms is like, do you have this? I'm like, oh, my God, I have to, like, what do I do? You know, and, and, then, and that venue had to be done. I couldn't, I mean, yep. I think I was able to go over a little bit, but um, 
Yeah. Yeah. In, in karaoke, an hour is like nothing. If you That's start nothing. karaoke, like don't an, understand do an hour. That. I mean, yeah. there are times when like I noticed on Zoom that people would tap out of karaoke much sooner. Mm. So if you scheduled maybe an hour and a half, that might be enough. But mm-hmm. in a lot of cases, yeah. If, um, once people like get a hold of what it is and it takes them a minute to figure out what's happening, you know, an hour can just be gone like that. Yep. Yep. So. They're, they're just like still thinking about what they might want to sing. And you're like, oh, by the time they get it in, sorry. Uh, sorry. Yeah, they're just they're not time. paying attention yeah. to time and stuff, you know. Yeah, it's it's understandable. We're, we're on the inside. We know this stuff and how it works yeah. and the logistics and the math. But yeah, why why would anyone else like. Yeah, no, in a, in a bar, you have like hours and hours theoretically to figure yep. it out. Although people like, you know, it's like if you if you, if, if karaoke went till four in the morning, they'd be showing up at three fifty nine wanting to sing. But at least oh, you, yeah. have, you have all this time for people to figure out what they're doing and not doing. Whereas when you only have an hour or even two, two yeah. hours can fly really quickly. And then another extreme was I had these karaoke regulars um, and they got married and I did their wedding and a lot of their friends were there who were my regulars. And wow. basically the rest of the guests at the wedding, mainly the family, wanted to stop karaoke and go back to dancing. That was like, I was like, wow. <laughs> I mean, it didn't help that a lot of people were doing really slow songs. And I guess it was like maybe not very interesting for the folks. Oh, that yeah. If they were doing dancey things, I think maybe right. more people would have been into it. But I think there were just definitely a, a big percentage of folks mm. there that were just like, I'm not feeling this. I don't like it. Can not we dance? into it. Yeah. <laughs> I just didn't even understand why am I was this person sing. I'm not into this, you know. I, I hope at least they understood like this is the couple, the wedding couple's night. We have to do whatever they want to happen. Yeah, but, I yeah. didn't. I I waited till I got the word from the couple to be like, OK, right. We need to stop. Everybody, we're getting a mutiny here. So I would I wouldn't have stopped just <laughs> because the family didn't like it. Right. Um, yeah. You know, I think like, you know, somebody wanted to do Jungle Land and I'm like, OK, that's lovely, but that's really not good wedding music. Like you could put that on during, at dinner time and nobody yeah. would care, but not when pe- you yeah. stop dancing to play this nine minute <laughs> slow Bruce Springsteen song, which is, which is beautiful. <laughs> now I did a sweet 16 and the mother and the daughter sang it to each other. It was super cute. I'm like, Oh, that's super cute. That, you know, the mother was probably yep. like forties, fifties. And then the kid, you know, she's 16. I'm like, Oh, that's cute that they're singing to each other. That's nice. Like when you talk about intergenerational yeah. stuff. Yeah. So, you know, right. You, yeah. You just never know what people are going to like or dislike in the moment. That's true. It's, it's, it's random. You, you think like, Oh, this is the perfect song for this moment. And then it clears the dance floor. Or, you know, like someone convinces you, like, we have to do Wanted Dead or Alive. Everybody is going to dance to it. I'm like, that's not really a dance. Okay. Like, sure. Maybe you know the family better than me. And then it's a get drunk and sing along song, but it's not dancing. Yeah. Right. I mean, living on a prayer would be the more upbeat one, but, you know. (laughs) It's a weird mental game to play, like trying to trying to keep a crowd of people on a dance floor dancing. Like, because if you falter, like suddenly you have to build it up, like absolutely from scratch. You know, like yeah. you need to get somebody off onto the dance floor, drinks, and then, like, you know, get that critical mass happening. Well, yeah. you, you know, you have you have it's, factions it's of, of people too. Like, you know, when you have like the thirty-something couple and the boomer parents, or the mm-hmm. bo- or the grandparents are still around. So that's the thing. Um, you know, as the uh, parents get closer to my age, it's a little easier to to work. I mean, if if the if the parents are cool and not uh, yeah. not totally square um but you know yeah. whole family square then that's easy but um you know <laughs> but i mean i mean talking about like you know 30 something couple that wants pop and hip-hop and that's when you that's when you lose um the older folks you know so you try yeah. to find these transitional songs like you can you can always like it when you, 
if you're playing 80s music, everybody's okay with the 80s. Once you leave the 80s, that's when you start to lose people, with exceptions, yep. obviously. Yeah, you start, yeah, you know. You, you, you go to the 70s, suddenly you lose anybody, like, you know, in their 20s or, or older or younger. Unless, I mean. unless it's like the five songs yeah. that, you know, get played everywhere, you know, that True. they would lose. Yeah. But, yeah. yeah, like it's Fleetwood Mac or Queen or something, they're going to know that. But, you know, and, and, and yeah. again, it depends on what they listen to in their house. But, yeah. And then the same thing with the 80s with the older folks, you know, I'm just like, all right, I'm going to play Bowie's Less Dance right now because nobody's going to be <laughs> upset by that. Everybody, everybody can relate to that. Everybody yep. that seems to be a song that a lot of people know. Or again, it depends on the, yeah. on the crowd. I mean, the first wedding I ever but, did, it was this friend of mine who was on either a pavement list or a guided by voices list. So it was like very cool hipster couple. And I use hipster not as a pejorative, but just like they had really interesting tastes and they brought me and our friends out there to play all this cool, quote, cool stuff that they wanted. And then somebody in the family walked up to us and said, do you have anything you can dance to like Bob Seger? I'm like, when I think dance music now, yeah, you could you could dance to like, you know, um, old, yeah. old time rock and roll. You can totally dance to that. But that wouldn't be yeah. where when you say dance music, that wouldn't, wouldn't be my go to. Yeah. Yeah. And, and at that point, we, you know, we That's brought funny. like crates of records and CDs because we didn't, you know, there wasn't streaming. There wasn't anything. I don't even think we had yeah. a decent Wi-Fi connection because we were in the middle of like we were out near Scranton or something like that. And then it was, and so then it was someone's always because, going to be amazed and insulted if you. Oh, sorry. Go ahead. Oh, no, I was going to say so if you don't have was, that certain song. Yeah. So the tension was, you know, you have this extra cool, you know, really into music nerd couple and then very, you know, average folks. So that yeah. was that was that was a difficult one to do because I'm going to do my, you know, they wanted me to play all my like 60s soul that I used to play. I'm like, this isn't going to mean right. anything to them. <laughs> Sometimes I like to do like a block of 60s soul and then switch it up with like, you yeah. know, 90s hip hop or whatever it is. And, exactly. you know, go, exactly. go back that's, and forth. You grab different parts of the. That's crowd, exactly yeah. what you do. Yeah. Yeah. And sometimes you, um, and like you start doing 50s and 60s, you, you go up in the decades. And as the, uh, as the night wears on, it gets dancier and dancier until you're like in electronic music land, which maybe the couple and their friends like. And the, yeah. the older folks have already left because it's exactly like the, fir the first hour I do stuff that, like, I, you know, or you can play a song like Valerie from Amy Winehouse. You could play that and everybody mm. relates to that. Like old people might, right. might not know what this is. And like, oh, this sounds like Motown. I can move to this or whatever. Right. And then you have some people yep. that, um, I've had people that are just like, well, only dance to line dances, like where someone's telling them how to dance. Like they won't <laughs> dance to any. I'm like, why? So yep. you can't you can't dance to ABBA, but you can dance to somebody telling you when to what to do with your feet or what. <laughs> I get why line dances are popular. Again, it's a great way to yeah. get people on the floor. And then I've had people say to right. me, like, no line dances, <laughs> you know. That, that's definitely one of my first questions. What songs do you definitely not want to hear? What songs exactly. No matter how much your aunt begs me to play it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. No, I do that. And then I, you know, and then I ask about obscenity and adult language. And because sometimes, yep. you know, one thing can fly, the other thing can't. And sometimes they, and a lot of times mm -hmm. they don't care, but I'd like to ask. Yeah. So yep. I don't want to, I don't want to, you know, like little babies are, little kids aren't going to know the difference, but the parents might be upset or you might scandalize grandma. <laughs> so they're like the, the people in my, nobody in my family can be scandalized, but, you know, I have to assume that not everybody comes from like the monsters like I do. So <laughs> <laughs> are, are there songs that, uh, or music that you love that you listen to in like your private life, but don't exist for karaoke or just no one sings it, even if it does exist for karaoke, like artists that you love that never gets played. You know. Well, 
Um, I, I just kind of wish I'm, I'm happy when I hear any music made before 1993 or so, because they're just, you know, mm-hmm. I just get bored of hearing the same like five songs from the nineties and yep. except for Mr. Bright- and I like, actually, I like Mr. Brightside. If I'm going to be hit over the head with a song a million times, that, <laughs> I totally get it. That's fine. I'm not going to yep. listen to it at home. Cause I don't, I don't need to, I'm going to hear it. Uh, yeah. I just wish people would. Um, and, and again, I don't even, I don't even like hate Billy Joel, but like pick something other than piano man, because he, there's so many songs. Yeah. Or even and yeah. now, now journey is really difficult to sing. And I understand that, but like there's a million journey songs you could pick. Yeah. Or, or same thing with them. Um, I mean, young people aren't going to know deep Neil Diamond cuts, but like somebody the other night, like one of my friends, like sang America from Neil Diamond, which is a funny, it's just so corny. It's funny to listen to. And it also reminds me of like my mother who was a Neil Diamond fan, you know, had that mm-hmm. record you know, in the house. Yeah. Around. But my friend does this anytime. It's like right around 4th of July. He likes to sing that song. <laughs> it's, so, it's so ridiculous. That's also, I also got a little sad listening to it because it's just like, oh, wow. Yeah. My ancestors came here for freedom and now it's being going to be taken away for a lot of folks. I know, but, oh, uh, yeah. uh, but it. in general, yeah. So some of these bands that, you know, people, they grab, they glom onto one song, like, you know, sing something else, you know? Yeah. Yeah, may- maybe they've only ever heard Hotel California. They don't know that the Eagles have other songs. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. <laughs> and it's, and it's a, if it's a very young person, I understand that. But I feel like, I don't yeah. know, all of the various Billy Joel songs have been like, I don't know. And again, it's again, it's my, the way I grew up. So I'm, and I'm much older, but I feel like I just, you know, I grew up with constant Billy Joel hits from every era all the time. <laughs> so I would just like to hear deeper cuts from stuff yeah or, or sometimes i'll just hear stuff that i would never listen to, you know like the latest pop country hits nobody really sings them so if someone does like well, who, whatever the f- latest luke bryan is for example i i couldn't name one of his hits but you know i might get a tourist of bob marber that mm-hmm. does that I'm like okay if i had to hear this all the time i would hate it but i'm not mad at it i never hear it so yeah at least it's it's something new you know it's something yeah. different yeah that's, you know, I, I'm certainly I... guilty of singing the same song over and over again every week. You know, I did that before I hosted karaoke. I did it while hosting karaoke. Uh, but yeah, it's it's nice to hear a new selection of songs every week instead of the same. Well, you got you to pick your comfort level. But, you know, the stuff that I sing is like older. So, I mean, I guess like somebody was asking me what I like to sing and I do, you know, if I go into a karaoke place and they might not have a huge as much of a selection as say yours, you know, I'll pick like these boots hmm. are made for walking. Everybody has it. It's an easy song to sing. Right. Um, and I do. Um, ABC's Look of Love, you know, mm. and again, when I tell people that a lot of people like that don't, you know, too young to remember hits of the 80s beyond what everybody knows, yep. you know, so I do that. Those are like my go to. You sing some great pretenders, I remember. Yeah, pretenders like I, I don't know. Um, it, It's in my range, but I can never I can never get it exactly right because Chrissy Hind, um, I hate her politics, but a great, great musician, great singer, great phrasing. And it's really hard to like get it exactly. In my mind, I want to sound just like Chrissy Hind and then yeah. I don't. And, and it's right. like stupid, stupid to like <laughs> beat yourself up over a karaoke performance. And also I'm yeah. not a professional singer. So, um, but yeah, no, I, I definitely like, cause that's in my range and I like to sing that um, yeah. low, low, but not too low or some of the men that have high voices, but not too high. So a lot of the new wave guys I can do um, like, yep. you know, David Bowie's rebel rebel. That's a go-to There's other Bowie. That oh yeah. Way too hard for me to sing. So yeah, just, you know, anything I haven't heard 5,000 times, you know? Um, yeah. I wish more people would do T-Rex. I think that's really fun to hear. Um, yeah, yeah. Uh, again, that's like that's like a limited thing. People have actually taught me new T-Rex. Same. Karaoke, which is amazing. Ride a White Swan. I don't think I'd ever heard before someone sang yeah. karaoke by yeah. T-Rex. I've learned a lot about music from... Oh, of course. 
picks such great deep cuts. And of course, he's making these, you know, amazing karaoke tracks. But he he picks like these songs that maybe I've never heard. But I'm like, oh, that's such a great song. I got to look that up later. Well, he does a good range of stuff because he'll be like, he'll be the first to like make like the brand, whatever the brand new viral hit is or the new hip hop hit or whatever. And then he'll do some like deep cut from like the eighties. And then he'll just do Mm -hmm. his his stuff's like, you know, and and he, you know, a lot of it comes from requests, but a lot of it just comes from stuff that he's personally interested in. And that's what's cool. Flying Burrito Brothers. Yeah. 60 Soul. You know, everything. Yeah. I now actually, you know, due to him, like kind of all these like long time, you know, my white whales of karaoke, like, why can't I get more of this artist or this group? And then he eventually mm-hmm. made them or, or I discovered them. And I, I found out about him. It's really funny. He had, you know, been in the city for years going to see you. And I hadn't, it took him a while to come and find me and for me to figure out who he was because yep. I was on like the year that the Eagles, you know, won the Super Bowl and Meek Mill's Dreams and Nightmares. It became the unofficial like anthem or maybe the official anthem. Yeah. And there's just, there just wasn't a lot of Meek Mill karaoke out there because he's not, I mean, he was getting hits, but outside of Philadelphia, not as big. I mean, I think when he was paired up with Nicki Minaj for like a hot minute, everybody was like interested in him outside of Philadelphia. So yeah. I just happened to be looking for dreams and nightmares because people had been asking and asking. And I stumbled upon it on his YouTube channel. And then a lot of times when mm. I find a good channel, I'm like, what else do they have? And I started obsessively yep. checking this channel every week. I'm like, and at that point, there weren't as many channels like that. So I, I would check yeah. it like every week or every couple of days just to see what was there. And then he started coming to see me and like, around 2018 and I was like what's this guy's deal or, or, may, or maybe yeah I don't think around 2018 <laughs> or so it was interesting just because an older person who's out during the week singing the stuff that he sings but he would sign up for stuff that I literally just downloaded like that day there's no way he would even you know it hadn't even I hadn't even put it you know I was printing out the books like once every six weeks that's all I really had time to do but finally I don't know I figured it out because he asked for something that I had literally just downloaded from that YouTube site that day I'm like are you let me caution and he goes yeah I go oh my god like what are the chances you know <laughs> a lot of these YouTube channels that people aren't even in Philadelphia much less in America a lot of them are just they're all yep. over the world making channels like you could go on YouTube and find a channel that's just doing Indonesian music and then maybe a few English language things you know that's typically mm. what happens so that's how I made the connection. Uh, so you found him through YouTube because I, yeah, I had met him and he'd been coming to my karaoke and like, you know, uh, getting me tracks and, you know, stuff like that yeah. for maybe maybe a year before that. I don't know how, how long. Yeah. And then uh, I found that, that's out so funny that, that you came um, from the other been, side. Yeah. He'd been coming to see you for a few years. And then I think mm-hmm. either Kron or Dukes McCool told him to come see me. So that's, uh, what, okay. that's cool. Because we we were like the most similar in terms of posting styles. And but and then and then there were other. Yeah, could be. be um, Karaoke Obscura, they did karaoke at 12 Steps Down before I did it. And I even went to them and said, hey, can I buy your collection off of me? I was trying to be legit. And they said, no, because they made the tracks and it wasn't entirely legit for them to be doing that. Mm -hmm. So, and then one of of the people that was part of that collective uh, passed away a few years ago. And then I wasn't going to be that person to be like, hey, can I have the tracks? Or I just didn't have poor taste. And then eventually a lot of of the stuff they had, uh, I've been able to find. So. Yeah, I remember uh, singing Say It Ain't So by Weezer at their night at 12 Steps Down way back in the day. And uh-huh. that is a song that well, I wasn't at other karaoke spots. Well, that, uh, I don't that know if that's just my memory was, or the places I was going. Well, Say It Isn't So, that song was always like came from Sound Choice. That was that was always gettable. But for a while, oh, okay. I was for like El Scorcho, El Scorcho, El Scorcho. And then finally I got it. Right. Now, don't sing True. it as much. But the people were singing, asking for like deep. Weezer stuff or artists that yeah. were, were like indie NPR popular, but no karaoke tracks. I mean, an example of that is yeah. like 
portions for foxes from uh rilo kiley mm. and 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 then oh, okay. they're not that obscure because that song has been used in a million tv shows and movies and people would ask yep. me like why have I so when i when i started connecting with i said you know there's a lot of female artists that nobody makes every time these people put out female artists they do a no doubt track and they're done for the day and i'm like don't, you know no doubt's already a lot of their stuff's available so i yep. started giving my wish list I'm like can you make this can you make that and you know, he wasn't as busy at the time. So he's making a, a lot of a lot of that kind of stuff that people that stuff that's like indie famous, yeah. but not be in, in most karaoke collections. Yeah, it's it's great that that resource is there because there's so many songs that, like you say, like come out um, because of an occasion or a movie or something, and they just aren't available for whatever reason on uh, karaoke services. And right. so someone has to kind of fill that void and give the people what they want. And uh, yeah, so it's it's great that that is possible now yeah 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 because everybody will suddenly ask me for a certain song and i'm like oh i don't have that and i'm not finding it online anywhere and so that's where these these folks come in yeah, yeah sometimes it's it's uh, you know movies or tv or tiktok or whatever you know so i get there's like this one list on spotify that i follow it's kind of like u.s viral hits and it'll tell you like what's what all the, the kids on tiktok are listening to. and it'll be like rant super random old songs like say kate bush you know, and, and that wasn't exactly that. People would sing Kate Bush stuff at karaoke, just not as much as they do right now. But then there'd be like, and then there's right. like brand new yeah. shit that I've never heard of, like songs that are like a minute and a half long. And it's like some somebody screaming in their bedroom or whatever. Um, <laughs> and then eventually that, and then- Yeah, or like, or like stuff, yeah. Some, and then those things might blow up and become actual like hits beyond TikTok and then the karaoke mm -hmm. people catch up. And, and and the labels, the karaoke labels or the uh, music labels are probably playing catch up with a lot of that stuff because they don't realize that something is maybe blowing up on TikTok right away or the Steven Universe song is being used everywhere on the internet. Oh, yeah. Or I mean, the record uh, Adult labels Swim really, or, you know, whatever. Uh, you know, the record labels have never been proactive about any of this stuff, obviously, but if they were smart, they would put out karaoke tracks for their artists, like legitimate mm. ones. And then that way, you know, their artists could get some more money. I mean, yep. I mean, um, I think that bars pay ASCAP, BMI, one of those, if they have any kind of live entertainment or whatever, I think that bars do pay those publishing. Yep, they have to, yeah. But yep. it would just, you know, be more of an opportunity for artists to, to yep. make money since nobody buys music anymore. Right. I, I've had bars that wanted to hire me for karaoke. Uh, Queen of Sheba, I think, was one of them. And oh, yeah. they, they were like, oh, we'd love to have you back. But the ASCAP fees are they just cost too much. And so they, you know, huh. no, nobody wants to take that. Uh, that yeah, there was there was a bar that I was talking to, um, at least a couple of them that didn't want to pay it. And I'm like, I think I mean, if you put it out per month, I don't think it's that much. But maybe they just, you know, if they're really cutting costs, mm. they don't have a lot yeah. of money. It's expensive to run a bar in a restaurant. There's every every little license that you need. So if they can avoid one of them. I think it's a separate license that they have to pay for the jukebox, if I remember correctly. But I guess maybe, the, yeah, maybe it's different for jukebox than like live music. But then I've had bars tell me like, oh, if they just want to play music on an iPod behind the bar, like they have to pay fees for that, which is kind of crazy, hmm. you know, like not a person coming in and yeah. DJing or whatever. So I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I've taken up a lot of your time. It was it was lovely to talk to you. We should do this again. I love. I'd love to talk more about karaoke. There were a ton of questions I like jotted down that we didn't even get to. But this no, was a we lot can of fun. we can definitely follow this up. It's so great to talk to another host because when I talk to like an average person, I feel like I'm boring them or nerding out too much. It's <laughs> like, I mean, other than talking to my dad, I don't get to talk to that many hosts. So.
Yeah, it's something like managing the karaoke list, the politics behind that. You, you and I, and probably every other karaoke host, we could talk about that for hours because it's like it drives me crazy. You know, it's, like it's I've been doing it forever, yeah. and I was I was really bad at rotation for when I was really new at it because you, it's it's yeah. kind of a science and and it's hard to get it exactly right because yeah, and we can get into this more. But the difficulty is that what I do is when somebody puts in their slip. I pay attention to who is singing. When they put in their slips, I'll be like, all right, so the next time before I put Alex Wiles up again, I'm going to let this new person sing before they come back. Right. And if five yep. people while Alex Wiles is singing, these five people are going to happen before he does. But yep. I don't know how, like, if that person was sitting there for an hour, I don't know how long they were in the bar. So when they say, oh, so-and-so sang three times before I could sing, I'm like, well, I don't know when you got here. How am I supposed to know that? Unless it's like <laughs> a, not a lot of people in the room and I can look around and, and like 700, yeah. for example, I can look around and see who walked in and who's been sitting there for a minute. I'd be like, oh, okay, let me get to this person. Some people are really yeah. slow about putting their slips in even when they sing the same stuff every week. I'm like, you, you know, you're just going to sing mm, that again. Yeah. Like, just give me your damn slip now so I can get you in the when it's that busy, you know? <laughs> So that's yeah. A lot of people wait until it. they've had enough to drink, and by then it's too late for them to yeah. get up because yeah, a whole ton of people that, have put that, in. Yeah, yeah, put it in now. Um, and yep. then the other thing that happens is, so you know, you got to deal with every new person that comes in, but then the people that have been there are going to want to sing more than once, and then getting those people back in for their second, third, extra, whatever, etc. That's the tricky mm -hmm. part. So someone could sing once, I don't hear from them or see them for like two hours, and then I got to figure out yeah. when to back in. That's fair right and that's really tricky and i you know yeah like i have this one person we go through this routine every time and, and i love him and he's great but this one neighborhood bar that he lives in the neighborhood so you know he might only be walking like a block away to go to the bar he'll he'll mess he'll message me ask me to add stuff and the stuff he asked me to add is really interesting and cool and a lot of times i have it already and then he'll come in and just do the same song he always does that's one thing he does the other thing he does he'll message me and be like is it busy and i'll be like no get here now it's not busy now please come now and <laughs> right this over and over again and then he comes in and walks around for like an hour, then puts his song in, then waits <laughs> to put his second song in. And then he does this to me last night. He's like, oh, you can take me out. I'm leaving. And then he came back in. He said, I'm not leaving. I'm like, okay. So it's just like if he had just done, <laughs> if he just given me his two songs straight up, he would have gotten up to sing yeah. like sooner. I mean, I get that he's, uh, people have social anxiety and they're waiting for the alcohol to click in. Yep. I, I get all of that. But yeah, people that's, also that's wait until there's enough people in the audience that they want to sing to them. They don't want to sing to just one or two other people who aren't paying attention. Right. But sometimes, but there are some people who like when there's only a couple people there because they're like, yeah, I want to try out the song. I don't know if it's going to be good or I, or I don't know if I'm going to be right. good. Yep. So if I only fuck up in front of two people, some people look at it that way. One of the things I like to say is that uh, there are two groups at karaoke usually. There are my friends or people who come regularly who come early or even before me and stay all night. And then there are people who have never been there before. They show up, they, they're just coming for a little while yeah. uh, or for one night. And uh, the people who are regulars and are there all the time and they're all night uh, think that I'm favoring the new people. And the new people think that I'm favoring all my friends and all the regulars who come every Yeah, night. everybody, everybody, <laughs> someone's going to be mad at you all the time. And you just can't, yep. you just have to do your best and try to be as organized as you yeah. can be. But people make it difficult, especially, and then when they're not yeah. listening. Yeah, I, I don't think they realize how hard we're trying to balance all everything and make it yeah. like legitimately just logically fair so that yeah. you're not playing any favorites. And yeah, yeah if, exactly. if both groups are equally mad at me, I'm happy. <laughs> no, and then you know, then they go outside and they don't pay attention, and, and you, you have that lovely yeah. backyard at the L bar. But what I would do is, you know, I put in my song, you know, or like maybe right after I sang my song, I 
go out, hang out outside for a while. Cause I'd be like, all right, it's going to be a while before I get called a second time. Like a lot of people yeah. don't have any concept of time. And then the other thing that's like annoying is no matter where you are, they want to be somewhere else. It's like, you're like, there's alcohol right here. Like they're either going outside or like <laughs> whenever you're at a bar where there's two floors, like this happens at the 700 now, they like go downstairs. I'm like, there's alcohol up here. Why are you going downstairs? Yeah. And, and especially when I don't have a big, I often don't have a big rotation at the 700. They go downstairs. Yep. Or the South House last night, they kept like going outside. I'm like, what the hell is that? I mean, and then I came outside and it was really nice. Like after after it rained, well, it, it cooled off a bit. Well, at the L at the L bar, you can imagine almost everyone's out in the courtyard and they can't hear anything I'm saying. No, of course not. But they should also like be like aware and like, you know, but they're not. Yeah. <laughs> Which I, I totally get. But if, if someone is like, oh, they're in the bathroom, they'll be right out. Or I'm going to run and get them all the way back there. And I'm like, eh, I got to keep things rolling. Oh, yeah, yeah. But the thing is, they, they don't know that I'm saving that person for right after the next singer. I'm just putting them one back in line. I'm not putting them at the total back of the line. But no, every no, no. KJ probably has different rules about all those yeah, situations. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'll, <laughs> I'll give them a few times. I'll be like, so-and-so's outside. So-and-so's in the bathroom. I'm, gonna, I'm like, all right, well, right. let's go to the next person. Then you'll be next. You know what I mean? But then if somebody's like, yeah. just disappears into a space-time continuum for like an hour, I'm like, <laughs> come on, man. Well, one of one of the probably controversial things I would do is if I've been wanting to sing, but I'm, you know, feeling guilty because there's too much of a lineup, and then like three or four people in a row don't come up when I call them. Like I wait, like say their name many times, and I do okay, fifth card. I'm like, okay, I'm gonna sing one, and then it kind of makes everyone maybe pay attention a little more. Yeah, maybe I don't know. Yeah, maybe maybe I should and, uh, do yeah. That. I don't know because. I, I've had to yell at Bob and Barbara's a couple of times, like about a few weeks ago, I just said, okay, you're not even listening for your names. Let's stop karaoke right now. Like I just said it, like, uh, like I'm turning the <laughs> right, car around, yeah. no Disney world. That kind of worked. And the other thing that's weird is like, everyone's just being so loud. Like they, like I start mm. talking and then they start talking louder, like over me. And yep. then they're literally like, like I, this, this one night, um, you know, I started always at Bob Marvis and the worst shit happens, but like I was making an announcement from the DJ booth and then Empress is in front of the DJ booth. And this woman, like, while I'm explaining how to sign up, she's, she's in the middle of talking and she's like, how do I sign up? I'm like not even listening. And I even pointed out to you, you listen to what I'm about to say. This is important. <laughs> yeah. So then about, I don't know, maybe about two, three weeks ago. Right after after I did that, I'm going to turn the car around thing. I just got on the mic and said, shut the fuck yeah. up. And I've never cursed on the mic ever. <laughs> I curse like a sailor in private, but I would never do that in a professional right. situation. Yeah. And the people that have been there, have been there for me a bunch of times, thought it was the funniest, the greatest thing they ever saw. And, and one of the bartenders was like, I'll turn the lights on for you if you want. I'm like, thank you. It just, <laughs> it's like her, It's like hurting cats. Yeah. It really is. Yep. It really is. All right. Well, yeah, I have a ton of questions. I yes. will save them for another time. I'm I'm just trying to like think of some uh, some fun games we can play. I love uh, podcasts with uh, with games, and of course, I'm oh. uh, yeah, I'm I'm basically becoming a, a game master more than a karaoke master at this. Well, point. No, it's good to have that because people people <laughs> like Quizzo too, and a lot of times if you can do yeah. them both. Basically, what I'm doing on uh, Friday Zooms, I'm kind of turning it into uh, like a monthly uh, Quizzo night instead because I think everybody's busy for the summer. But uh, it's been really rewarding having the uh, the Zoom karaoke. All right. Well, this was great, Sarah. Yes. I, uh, I really enjoyed uh, talking to you about this stuff. Yeah. yeah. So, someone who can actually relate to this profession. I love yes, it. Yes, exactly. Exactly. It was great. All right. Thank you so much to my friend Sarah Sher for talking with me. I hope to do it again soon because I'm sure we could go on forever about DJing, karaoke, and music. Do yourself a favor and hire Sarah for parties or go sing at her many weekly nights all over Philly. 
Her website is singyourlifekaraoke.com and her Instagram is at singyourlifephillykaraoke. And if you're searching, her name is spelled S-A-R-A-S-H-E-R-R. You can contact us at vintageannalsarchive at gmail.com or at vintageannalsarchive on Instagram. Our website is, you guessed it, vintageannalsarchive.com. You can and should subscribe to this podcast anywhere you listen to them, but our podcast home is at anchor.fm slash VAAPod. That's anchor.fm slash VAAPod. That's where you can leave us a voice message we might use in a future episode. This show was mixed, edited, and recorded by me, karaoke DJ and personal historian Dr. Thunder, a.k.a. Alex Spencer. Find me at thunderkaraoke.com or at thunderkaraoke on Facebook or Instagram. Alexandra Jones lent me her peerless script editing skills, and you can find her at alexandrajones.net. The Vintage Annals Archive site and Instagram were created and are curated by my co-host Rich Wexler, photographer extraordinaire, who you can find at at richwexlerphotographer or richwexlerphotographer.com. Until next time, this is Dr. Thunder, and I'm sorry, but no matter how many times you chant it, we cannot sing one more song. Please, for God's sake, get down off the bar. Good night. Hey folks, this is Kevin Allison of The Risk Podcast, where people tell true stories they never thought they'd dare to share. I've been a big fan of the Vintage Annals Archive Instagram for a long time now. I love all the love that goes into the celebration of some of the more obscure and off-the-beaten-path parts of pop culture history and, you know, the amazing artists and bohemians who might not be so much in the spotlight right now, but that we still have so much to be inspired by or, or just to have a good laugh with. And now I'm such a big fan of the Vintage Annals Archive podcast. I'm one of the first guests on it. I gotta say, Rich and Dr. Thunder, their style is so unpredictable and surprising and just doesn't follow all the conventions of your typical like interview podcast. It's much more like conversations with friends that can just go anywhere. Just kind of like my podcast, Risk, you know, in comparison to other storytelling shows, there is a level of raw honesty and intimate vulnerability in the stories shared on Risk. People have shared jaw-dropping stories about cannibalism or kidnapping or the kinkiest sort of kink stories, you know, but also spiritual breakthroughs, beautiful stories about transcending trauma, near-death experiences, and even, you know, just flat-out hilarious, you know, the most mortifying things that people have lived through. That's why Risk is such a favorite podcast of therapists and outdoor adventurers and activists and writers because it's a show that is just so filled with life at its most so that is why the risk podcast and the vintage annals archive podcast are so simpatico good friends (laughs) a lot in common so seriously do yourself a favor subscribe to both podcasts and spread the word take a risk